0: You're listening to the Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome to Blink Scenario, a special episode. I am Marie, a.k.a. Queen in Yellow.
1: And I am Casey, a.k.a. Grumpy Elf.
0: And we are actually doing a new segment for Blank Scenario called Blank Mechanic.
1: If this is popular enough, this may <laughs> continue on. But for right now, we wanted to see what we could do with an idea that... Um, Queenie had.
0: Yep. Uh, This spawns partly from having to figure out how to write out the scenarios that we've come up with as well as I am mildly obsessed with roll tables, so this fills both categories. What we will be doing is taking an idea for a mechanic within a a scenario. Most of these will be D&D themed although they can probably be used for other systems as well, it just kind of depends. But we will take this, figure out the mechanic, figure out the nitty gritty crunchy numbers of it, how to run it, how to use it, and flushing it out. So that being said, I have come in with a bit of an idea because with a mechanic, you can spend hours developing these. So this will not be as empty-handed as blank scenario normally is just because of the nature of it, but we'll still come up with a flush idea and hopefully it will evolve from what I imagine to something that's actually good.
1: I mean, that's it's, <laughs> what you have is not bad at all. It's just a way to do it, mm-hmm. and I think ultimately, as we get into the discussion on this, I think people are going to realize we are not developing a single mechanic. We're developing a bunch of different ways that we can possibly do this, because for some people like yourself, a single way of approaching this is the only thing that they know. Yep. And for sometimes it's going to be really simple. For sometimes it's going to be a lot more difficult, and this will help to curtail some of mm-hmm. that by just saying, "Hey." We got some options for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And also there are a lot of options for like tables are very common in D&D. But there's also the option of having just a flat roll and that determines a number sometimes. Or even just having like, you know, a fun mechanic you might throw in like pulling from deck of cards or something like that. Yeah. So it's figuring out what the best option is or figuring out what the best options, like you said, would be. So for today's episode... The mechanic I want to figure out is something to determine an NPC's fate. Now to clarify when I say an NPC's fate, because I want to make sure it's not too broad. This is not like a quest giver NPC, this is not the king of the land who's given you this quest and you've come back and is he alive or not. He kind of needs to be for the point of the quest. This would be Bob the blacksmith that the party found in a town. They show up when the town is attacked. and they say, what happened to Bob? And you're like, I didn't consider what happened to Bob. He's a random townsperson. So this would be how you determine what's happened to them. Or maybe they've been on, like, they've been in the Feywild for a long time. They come back and they want to know if, like, the patron in their favorite tavern is still around. Or there's been a war. A lot of people have war scenarios. And so you've got all the other soldiers they would have come across that those people survive. This would be that kind of thing. If they haven't interacted with an NPC for a long period of time, is an NPC still around? And if so, what has been their fate?
1: So is this a mechanic then that, since this is our essentially our flagship approach to this show, is this a mechanic you've run across a bunch that you've needed
0: not necessarily. I know for me, if there's an NPC that is named as not essential, I just kind of decide where they end up based upon what they've done, how the party's interacted with them, that kind of thing. If it is an NPC that they never interact with, sometimes they'll go somewhere in porn. Other times they just drop off the map. But there have been times where you guys have asked about what happened to someone I have to figure out in the moment where they would have ended up or I've set up where they went and then realized later on that did not work. But there's also a lot of NPCs that get named that never show up again that you guys will occasionally reference. The reason this came to mind is actually from the podcast "Me, My Spouse, and a Die," and I think their second episode. Um, the DM rolls to see whether or not the player's brother survives the battle mm-hmm. because he actually didn't know whether or not he would, so he used a die to determine it, and that kind of sparked the idea of well, if you've got a bunch of NPCs you really don't want to have to track all their movements or track all their hit points. So if you need to very quickly remember them and remember what happened to them, this is a good kind of a quick outcome option so you don't have to spend 20 minutes debating it.
1: I see the benefit of this. I just don't see this mechanic getting used all that often. That's that's kind of my mm-hmm. thing. And I'm not trying to to tank the show. I'm just looking <laughs> at this as... An outside listener going, yeah, but you could just improvise this. So yeah. going, going back to what we were saying before, so in your situation, what would be your typical go-to for this? Um, if you were running a game and you had somebody ask that, what would you do?
0: If it was someone I didn't have anything planned for, they probably just been where they were left. Nothing exciting really would have happened to them.
1: Then that's your hook for this is you want to design something that produces story hooks, ultimately. You don't want an NPC that is just sitting at their store, because that doesn't provide anything interesting or story hook placed. You want something that'll provide a story hook for your players if they want to go back and find out. If they're interested in that character, they're interested for a reason.
0: Yeah, and that's fair. And that I guess then the mechanic needs to be how to elevate a minor NPC to a major NPC. Essentially, yeah. And that, I think that works then. If they're asking about Bob the Blacksmith, I haven't thought about him. Let me roll to see. He's been kidnapped. Oh, no, he's kidnapped. You yeah. now have a quest. Or maybe he, needs a, he has a fetch quest for you kind of thing. So instead of a NPC fate, it's a, I guess, upgrading. So these would be story hooks that the NPC now has.
1: Yeah, minor NPCs, story hooks. And that would work. Otherwise, the issue you run into, you're essentially trying to fix a problem that isn't there. It's the infomercial approach.
0: (laughs) Fair fair enough, fair enough. I mean, a lot of these mechanics, as much as they're going to be unique, I don't see them being used in every game or scenario simply because if you look at the DM's handbook, there are already mechanics for just about everything. So what we will be creating here is not going to be, this is a major problem you have to deal with. This will be a fun mechanic you can implement that can make your stories more interesting if you choose to. If not, you still got options. Yeah. Because there will be some we get to that again will be very minor scenarios or may only ever get used once. Move on.
1: So in my games, if I was to run up against a if I was to run up against a PC that wanted to know about what an NPC was doing, I improvise so much and so often that I can find a way to make it work. I have been in the middle of full-on story campaigns that I have meticulously gone over and I realize, oh, I didn't decide on a motive for why (laughs) this certain thing needs to happen. And that's the point at which in the story where I start throwing those pieces in. So I improvise almost everything. (laughs) So for me, if I'm going to use a mechanic, it needs to be something that is valuable to me to spend Mm -hmm. the time on it something that can be quickly and easily done at midpoint in the game, not in advance of, because if it's in advance of, mm-hmm. I feel like it'd defeat the purpose yeah, th- of this, this mechanic. this is a very
0: much like your players have asked about someone. That person seems to be important to them and that's that's what your party's interested in, then that's a good direction to go sometimes. This yeah. would be, again, it's minor NPCs, so you're your big bad. This is not the king of the land. This is random townspeople, maybe like a traveler they've come across before yeah. or even like in our games... We have kids that get kidnapped all the time for some reason, <laughs> so it would be what ha- what's going on with Billy now, who's off somewhere.
1: Yeah, it would that just makes be sense.
0: creating things for them that way.
1: Okay, so what did you have in mind?
0: So initially, like I said, I'm obsessed with roll Table, so I had the idea of just one through twenty outcome, and initially it was going to be whether or not they're alive or dead and what their status is. If this shifts to the story hooks, though, then it would be basically variations of they don't have anything super interesting going on all the way up to they are dead and you have to avenge their ghost.
1: Yeah. I I think I would agree with that. Yeah.
0: And then, and as per the moment, if you know your world enough, you can say they've been kidnapped who kidnapped them. Probably a bunch of kobolds in the town over go fight the kobolds. Basically allowing you to build a very quick quest off of it without doing a ton of prep work. You don't really have to do anything. I mean, even if you say they need a rare mineral, you can just send them to fight an owlbear. It doesn't have to be anything really huge, but potentially this person could have become really important in the time that they had to be
1: away. So looking at this from my perspective, I am not a huge fan of roll tables myself because to me, roll tables slow things down. As much as they give you ideas, you then have to pull out the roll table or have it in front of you. It has to be pre planned, which again kind of defeats the purpose mm-hmm. of it needs to be improvised right in the middle of the moment. So for me, I would, my mind goes to wanting one of two things either using some form of percentages mm. to where in my mind I can roll just 2d10. And it may be a 50-50. It may be that, you know, I have four different ideas in my mind that I've come up with. And on that percentile dice, if it's 25% or below, it's really bad. Mm-hmm. If it's 50 to 25, it might be okay. But on the bad side, like they might need help. 50 to 75 might be something pretty interesting that they're succeeding, but they might need help from the NPCs or from the PCs. And then 75 to 100 could be something really, really mm-hmm. big that might be something I then need to tie into my campaign story. So that's one direction I could take it. If you're willing to spend the the money on it, I know this is not the same as a mechanic, but one of the ideas that was presented to me a long time ago was story cubes, mm-hmm. which are, for those of you that have never heard of them or those of you that use them, I love these things <laughs> for the improvisational approach. For those of you that have never heard of them, what story cubes are is basically D6s with pictures on the sides of them. And each of those pictures is something simple or generic. It might have a dog on one side. It might have a hammer. It might have a lightning bolt. I think ice cream cones is one of the things that's on one of the sides. And it ultimately, this product is designed for people to come up with stories around. You can actually build a game around it, but it's a quick answer for even if you introduce a brand new NPC, the characters ask all these questions about them, just roll the dice, and oh, now I know that he loves this one thing. He might love dogs. <laughs> he's a blacksmith because the hammer rolls up, and then the lightning shows up. And to me, that could mean either he's a wizard, like a secret wizard. He could be an a, um, artist. What's the word? Art. art um, um, artificer. Artificer. Thank you very much. <laughs> he could be an artificer, or he could have really brilliant ideas and just be a thought leader in the town. Any number of those could work for it, but those dice in that way provide that. So if you don't want to spend the money, which I think they're like 10 bucks for, I think six to nine cubes. Yeah, Yeah, you get quite a bit. And there's a bunch of different story cube Mm -hmm. styles. If you don't want to do that, then to me, every gamer worth their salt has a bunch of different D6s. You could pull D6s from each different style set so that you have multiple different colors that you're pulling from and just decide in your mind kind of a combination between my percentile and the story cubes. Mm -hmm. Decide in your mind what each of those represents. Is it their status? Are they alive or dead? Um, Are they happy or not, Mm -hmm. right? So those all three could be similar, but different enough that might give you an idea of where to go with that plot hook. At the very least, it might give you something vague enough that you could pull your NPC or your PCs, sorry, pull your PCs towards them without forcing the issue.
0: Yeah. I like the idea of using the idea of the story cubes. And even if you didn't have story cubes, but wanted the idea of it, you could take just, you know, like a one through six list of things, kind of like what they do in Fiasco. You have the bunch of lists, you roll a d6, you pick one of them, you roll another d6, that's your sub thing, do something like that. We've got a bunch of lists that are one through six, Roll two d6s, that's your main thing. You could also use fake cubes for your good luck, bad luck, or neutral. So, again, that could be where roll a d6 on a five of six is good, three to four is neutral, one to two is bad. So, you can come up with an item and you can come up with whether or not it's good for them.
1: So, looking at, I'm just now looking at um, online store name here. <laughs> the story cubes you can get for 10 bucks, you can get nine of them. That they have and it's a It's a pack of a bunch of different symbols They've got the justice scales Like an arrow from a bow and arrow There's a picture of the world, there's a key, there's a sad face I think that's an apple
0: I think one of them has just faces on it even
1: There is one out there And there is So there's story cubes Then there's action cubes and Voyages And you can mix and match and combine those And if you want to get the whole set of the three That's 40 bucks Yeah, For that Which is expensive, and I get the reason that we're trying to do the mechanic, Mm -hmm. but that just is the option. So what I would recommend, just so we provide a third option, I know for your side, you love doing lists. That's your favorite thing in the world (laughs) is to make lists. That is my least favorite thing in the world, (laughs) which is why I improvise everything and my approach. So can we come up with a third one that is either a combination thereof or that is nothing like that
0: i think the biggest issue would be is you either have a list of possible side quest ideas or you're just rolling like you're just trying to see whether or not it's been good good or bad for them and deciding from there because with improv it's either pure improv a pure list or somewhere in between
1: and that's what i'm trying to find is that somewhere in between
0: because I can't think of another mechanic that doesn't pull just a bunch of really, um, what do I call it? Sort the of word. There's a word I'm looking for.
1: A bunch Weird. of arbitrary.
0: Kind of. Um, where it's just more for show. It doesn't actually add anything to it. Flavor. No, it's negative connotation. I'll come to me later. Arbitrary, close enough. Um, a bunch of arbitrary things that you're now just pulling extra stuff to your table simply so you can do a fun little mechanic once or twice.
1: It's a lot of fluff.
0: Yes, yes. It's basically like I'm like deck of cards. Well, now I got to have deck of cards at the table. At least with the D6s, you've got D6s on hand already. Yeah. Okay, so we can just jump back in to try and come up with a third option. Yeah. That is unique, at least.
1: It it doesn't have to be pure. It doesn't have to be reinventing the wheel.
0: I know. No, it's, it's, but, it's not the norm, at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Especially if we're wanting to create because we can even abandon the idea of this turning into story hooks Mm -hmm. and go back to your original idea of this needs to be about the details on an NPC that you have not planned in advance.
0: Let me clarify something with the details, because, again, if this is an NPC that they have talked to at some point, then there are going to be details, you know, like Bob the blacksmith. I know he's a blacksmith. Mm -hmm. So if I roll and there's a dog and a lightning bolt, on Story Dice, I'm going to automatically go, as a blacksmith, what would that mean for him? I'm not going to think, what would this mean for a random NPC? There are already details you know about the NPC. It's just figuring out what have they been up to and what can the players now do with them. So they might be dead, which means you may have to go on a quest to avenge them. You may have to help the family. You may have to find a killer. You may have to fight a monster. They might be alive and just need you to go find something for them. They may even have a new item for you.
1: So here's a thought because ultimately what what we're saying this needs to lead to is a sequel. In any series, whether it's books, movies, you name it, Mm -hmm. the goal of that sequel is to provide a depth of character with high stakes. You are digging into that character and getting to know that character more. And especially as the PCs, if they're asking about this character, They care enough. They want to know more about them. So then with this mechanic, what we are designing is not a fate. We are not designing a current status. We are designing how do we know more about that character, which is basically what you said. If we already have spent some time with them, we know a little Mm -hmm. bit about them. The mechanic you're building is a um, a depth finder, for lack of (laughs) a better word looking for something that'll provide a little bit more depth to that NPC that then makes that NPC more interesting for later use. Is that fair?
0: Yeah. It feels like, though, then essentially all you need to do is have, just pick a random aspect of them and then just say this is something about them and the players can interact with it.
1: Not necessarily, because that random aspect, as you have pointed out, needs to fit with that character. Mm-hmm. So what is... Essentially at this point it's it's a puzzle. How do you build that puzzle piece that fits that character that adds more depth to them, lets them know more about them, but even at that point doesn't necessarily lock you into a plot hook.
0: Okay, what for a third option then? What if we did something and this is very out of the box. Basically take equations. So we know that Bob is a blacksmith, right? That's okay. that's the first thing. And the players I've done some interaction with him, okay, so basically have almost like a this plus this means they like this sort of situation. you
1: want to build a matrix, just like the horror writing guide
0: um, kind of, but mm-hmm. it, i I don't know how to write a matrix. So I don't know if that would be it <laughs> no that I think that
1: actually is a third option. It provides enough of a of a roadmap for people that want direct planning as well as provides enough vagary that you can basically do it on the fly, which is the matrix and the equation is essentially the same. So what we would need to do is then what are our levels that we know this character by, surface level, mid-level, and depth, deep level, and then what are the things that we want to know under each of those, Mm. and that's where you provide your plot hooks.
0: it'd be like the iceberg approach. You have your three surface level things. They're a blacksmith. They're married. They live in this town. Yeah. That as an acquaintance or someone runs across them, you know those things. You have your fringe level that you know they prefer dogs over cats kind of things. Things that you would know about them by just actually spending time conversing with them. Yeah. And then you've got your intimate level that only a close, close friend would know those things about them. That they are terrified of peppermint. That's something you would not know about them unless you're that close.
1: They lost their firstborn.
0: Ooh, they well, they feel responsible for it because if they lost the firstborn, the town would probably know. Unless it's something kept hidden, which then, like said, would be something interesting for a story hook down the line, maybe, or yeah. at least is a nice tie-in for the players to care about them.
1: Any one of those is a nice spark for an idea mm-hmm. for a character. So then that's that would be where I would start the mechanic. So we've got our. Surface level, we've got friendship level and then intimate level. And then we want do we want three across as well, so that we've got nine boxes in total?
0: That's what I'm thinking. Cause you could do like if you had like a grid piece of paper or like took it grid, nine by nine grid, just one, two, three. And so your players may not actually know even all the surface level stuff. Assuming, you know, walking in the shop you'd find these things out. But they would find that out and they would find out the other things. And I would even it would be interesting, too, if each one was directly connected. So think of it almost like the grid up and down. So if they're a blacksmith, right? The friendship level would be why they're, something about them being a blacksmith is more involved.
1: I think I've got an idea for theming is use the alignment. Use the mm. alignment matrix. So something that is lawful, Ooh. something that is neutral, and something that is evil slash selfish about them. And then um, for you as the DM, all you have to do is go through and say, surface level, what is something that is very lawful that everybody would know about them? Oh, or even there is the, um, oh, what's the name of it? I think it's like (laughs) the personal inventory chart, that there's a chart. It's the nine things. And it's like Mm -hmm. things that you know about you that you don't, all the way down to things that you don't know about yourself and Mm -hmm. that nobody knows about you. Yeah. Um, that would be another option that you could oh, yeah. do for this with a matrix, but I think up, I like
0: the idea of like having lawful, neutral and evil being yeah. the idea of this things are here's their lawful side and here's their selfish side. Like, or even cause I think good and evil has a different connotation. Lawful and or chaotic. Sorry. Chaotic would be, is the one. Oh, lawful yeah. the chaotic. Cause they chaotic is they cheat at cards. That's something yeah. they don't, that's something as a friend, you know, they cheat at cards and they're good at it. Yeah. Waffle well, would be they always pay their taxes when it's due. Yeah, Something that they have to do. They're particular about it. And then having the three levels of on the surface, you know that they will offer discounts for other people's goods. Yeah. <laughs> like you know something selfish about them on the surface just because it may come up. Yeah. I think I like that as the best option because you could even have like a pre-printed piece of paper, have a couple stuffed into a binder. And then if this NP- NPC is on board, like, okay. Pull a piece of paper, we know they're a blacksmith, that's their neutral thing because that's their job. Two other things we know about them, they're selfish in this area, they're good in this area, and we'll see what else pops up.
1: This also works as a DM because looking at it, it goes back to that puzzle concept. That once you figure out one part of this, you will easily figure out the rest of it. Oh yeah, because by the time you get
0: too intimate, you're going to know they cheat at cards, they have a gambling problem.
1: Well, yeah, that that was what I was yeah. getting to. If you, depending upon where you put that exact example mm-hmm. of cheating at something, <laughs> depending upon where you put that example defines how even the town sees them. If it's surface level, everybody knows that they cheat at cards, <laughs> then they're probably kind of silly or dumb. Um, they might have a very light disposition. Yep. If you put that down to the friendship level, that might mean that they're very cunning and very manipulative and very devious but still a likable good person. If you put that all the way down in intimate (laughs) where no one has figured out that they cheat at cards, (laughs) then yeah, they're a confidence person. And then the question becomes, as the game master, (laughs) what are the pieces above that that then lead to, oh, they're really good at cheating. That's a huge deal. So that I, I like that. Because it does provide enough of an improv that you could do at the time, as well as giving you a little bit of pre-planning should you want to do
0: it. Yeah, yeah. And especially if it's an NPC that they only really come across once or twice, they may only have the surface level and one or two friendship things that they've really kind of unlocked. But if this is an NPC that you enjoy playing with or an NPC that they go across a lot, you may want to sit down and say, okay, this person is going to come up a lot. They're not vital, but they have a lot of things they can offer. What do I want them to be? And just work your way down the sheet. Yep. And basically all you need is just draw nine squares on a piece of paper. Good to go.
1: I like this. <laughs> I'm I'm in my mind going, is there any other way that we can use this matrix? Because if you wanted to do lawful chaotic, I'm also thinking going down the sheet, if you didn't, instead of surface level to intimate, if it was something, I mean, you could even do it from lawful to evil yeah. if you wanted to if it's a more generic NPC, Mm -hmm. what might be interesting is to do some variables with this where one of them is always going to be the exact same. So maybe it it stays the surface level intimate and whatever. But then the one across the top is defined by that person's personality. Mm. Are they the kind where their center is law and justice versus chaos and evil and so across the top it's the it's that lawful to evil or could it be something where their their defining feature is um, personal preservation versus dangerous out outgoingness Hmm. and um, so it gives you some different levels with that that you could play around with as well that might add another bit of depth to this if you wanted to it's kind of the beauty of a matrix. You make it yeah. really what you want it to be.
0: Yeah, because if you had just the three levels of relationship with them, and then it's really just figuring out what are their extremes. Are they lawful to chaotic? Or That's what are I was they, getting at. Yeah. yeah. Or are they, like you said, are they more survival versus nature, like giving nature?
1: You have presented it so much better than I
0: have. <laughs> yeah. I think that works. And again, it's a simple thing to do. You can fill it in however you want to, and you can even go back and change it. Because if this is something where they're a blacksmith, if they lose their job, they're no longer a blacksmith. That will change a lot of things for them. Mm-hmm. So if they become a major NPC, and you could even do this for major NPCs too in that regard. Mm-hmm. This is something that as your NPCs come across, typically I have an idea in my mind of what my big bad is doing, but I don't always have every single motivation figured out. This would be a very easy way of just to sitting down and say, okay, here's the three things my NPCs will, or my NPC will first present about himself who wears a yellow cloak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why does he wear that yellow cloak and just trickle it down to figure out the really deep, the very deep personal motivations?
1: Yeah, and that that again goes back to what you're saying. What's the defining feature of this character? Mm-hmm. Are they defined by their job? Are they defined by their family? Are they defined by their alcoholism? <laughs> I mean, what it, what yeah. is it that defines them? And then using that with each of those pieces gives you a whole lot more depth to your NPCs just in general, much less if you needed to do it on the fly. And having a matrix like this available where even if you wanted to for your entire town, just say this town is a coal mining town for lack of a better word. So most of the people will fit into this matrix and then it's simplified for you where you don't have to go, okay, here's a matrix for this character and this character and this character. Here's the one for the town. And most of the generic traits that you're going to find with people in that town and then if there's a character that the pcs connect with on a deeper level then you can go down to the individual ones
0: yeah and again you can have very basic things for if they only ever come across a person once and never again you don't fill it out if they keep coming across them keep adjusting it so yeah i I think that covers it yep that has been a blank mechanic what what
1: not bad for our first (laughs) crack at this
0: Yep. Let us know uh, what you think if you want to hear more of these or not. We have a couple of others that we'll be working on just to kind of see what we can hash out and figure out for details. I promise they will not all be roll tables. <laughs> it's going to all be roll tables at the start. I will do a special episode of me just discussing roll tables if you want to let let me know and I will make that for you.
1: Here's what I- we would recommend. <laughs> for those of you out there that are listening, what are some common problems that you have at your table that requires a very simplified mechanic to fix that problem and to fix it quickly welcome to your new hive mind
0: (laughs) yep so let us know what you want to hear what you need help with as always you can find us over on facebook twitter instagram all the social medias at pita candy network i am on twitter at a queen in yellow
1: and i am on facebook at (laughs) my name um (laughs) don't at me bro
0: Uh, Again, if you have any suggestions, send it to us. Otherwise, we will see you all next time. This is Darkling speaking. I wanted to thank you for listening and encourage you to leave a review. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at PotatoCandyNet or you can go to PotatoCandyNetwork.com and follow the links to our Twitters and Patreon. We have more content in the works, as well as premium material for our Patreon in the future, so be sure to give us a follow.
1: Hello! Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening! If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some top-pinching, full, truly terrifying tales of terror. (laughs) Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. Nobody likes that guy.